Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So thank you always for joining me. And if you are, are a new listener, make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can find lots of helpful things. We have blogs, we have music, we have all the different shows that you may or may not have been able to hear. And you can really take advantage of a lot of the things that we have on the website. So we are talking about relationships today. We are talking about healthy versus unhealthy. What are keys to, to being successful in a relationship? And we're talking about appropriate expectations. So we talked last week and the week before about the highly sensitive person. And one of the reasons I liked taking time explaining that is that helps highly sensitive people have appropriate expectations on themselves and on others. So you've probably heard this saying, no expectations, no disappointments. You know, and I, I understand where that's coming from. And probably the person that coined that phrase had been hurt deeply in relationships. And so they just stopped expecting anything. They just thought, I just, if I don't want anything, I can't be disappointed. But the problem is, we then start the relationship with disappointment. Because we need expectations. We need to hold people accountable for what they're doing in the relationship and how they are supporting the relationship, infusing the relationship with energy, nourishing the relationship, and, and confronting when they might be tearing things down or bringing toxic issues or attitudes or thoughts into the relationship. So I would say to you, no appropriate expectations, no intimacy. So if you don't have appropriate expectations, you cannot have intimacy. And intimacy is obviously the whole point of relationship. We want someone to know us. We want to know another. We want to be seen. We want to be loved. We want to be supported. We want to be wanted. All those wonderful things that occur in relationship when we're doing them correctly. And you know, many of us have sworn off relationships. It's like, I'm just not going to do it. Well, you know, we love to love. We love love, and people keep trying. And that's because this is how God made us. He made us to be in relationship. We thrive in relationship, even when it's a bad relationship. A lot of the research shows that people live longer if they're married, even if the relationship is not that satisfying. We always know that men live much longer if they are married. Women have a tendency to be able to create relationships outside the marriage much better than men can. And so if they're not satisfied in their marriage, they, they sometimes support it with their girlfriends, with their work, with their kids. So we want to think about if I don't have appropriate expectations, it ends up being like a house with, with no walls. See, if there are no walls, there's nothing to hold up the roof. And therefore there's no shelter. 
So relationships that really desire intimacy, the kind that you, you, you know, where you really know me, the real me, and I really know you, the real you, and we still really love each other and, and like each other, well, this requires structure, requires dependability, effort, commitment, humility, and good inter and intrapersonal skills, as well as the hallmark of healthy relationships is always maturity. We want adults showing up in adult relationships because adults will be better apt to have appropriate expectations. So obviously, we're, you know, all of us are working on these traits and we'll probably be working on them until the day we die, until the day of Christ Jesus. So what we find, though, is that if we genuinely pursue on a regular basis with understanding and a supportive partner, the chance for a really healthy and meaningful relationship is probable. We always want to look at God for the template for relationship. How does he relate? If you want to know how God relates, simply read 2 Corinthians 13, the love, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Wow. I mean, it seems insurmountable to me. If my husband is expecting that on a constant basis, I will probably let him down. I don't do well doing the love chapter, all that that entails, every moment of every day. But that is my goal, and it is what I strive for with all humans. And I really work on being humble enough to take responsibility when I fail, when I let someone down. So you want to think about Intention, and of course, intentions eventually become great, greatly disappointing if they are not backed up with actual behaviors. So if my behaviors reflect the love chapter a majority of the time, right, even if it's 60% of the time, that's going to help that person that I'm in relationship with believe my intentions and, and give me a lot more grace. They're going to say, you know, I know, she, I know her heart. I know she's really trying. But if I just depend on that, that, hey, my intentions are good, but I never put them into action, there's going to be some jading in the relationship. There's going to be high levels of disappointment and hurt and disillusionment. So when we realize intent and that I'm using this standard, and that I apologize and take responsibility when I miss the mark, well, I do really well in, in my relationships. So if we were to make this really complex thing simple, I would say to you, the things that you should expect from a very intimate relationship, such as friends, lovers, partners, spouses, would include, now this is not, it's not limited to these, but would include these things. And number one would be the ability to keep a confidence. That we don't gossip. And that we don't rely on talking about people to form intimacy. That doesn't mean we don't in, 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 in very intimate relationships, but it can't be the only thing that makes us feel close is talking about everybody else. So we need to keep the confidence that has been given to us as well as the confidence that we have with one another. So that if you're talking about all these people out there, what makes me think you're not talking about me to everybody else? So 
the relationship, an intimate relationship, has to be a very protective place where it gives people the opportunity to grow and to change without exposing their vulnerabilities to people that may not be as forgiving or as supportive or patient. Because you can't take back what's said. You hear something about someone, they can overcome it. But you gauge things based on whatever it was, that mistake that they made. Whatever you heard, whatever they've had to overcome, you remember that. So you need to be very careful when your spouse, your partner, children, best friends, when they're working on things, you be very careful who you share that with because it's really their business to share. So that goes hand in hand with we want to be really careful. We want to be committed to not judging people and not judging the person. If we're believing their intentions, then we're not going to cast aspersions. We're not going to judge them based on the last moment they had. We're going to look at the overall picture. We're going to say, you know, that was probably not their best moment. Or, wow, what if they did something really egregious and really, really damaged some of the relationship? Well, we still want to be careful to not judge. God's very clear when he says, don't judge because you'll be judged. So we want to be careful. It doesn't mean that we don't judge behaviors. We always are judging and gauging behaviors, but it doesn't mean we judge the person. It doesn't mean that the heart of the person is bad. So we want to also really, really practice decency and politeness. I cannot tell you how far this goes in relationships. Just simply saying please and thank you. Appreciating what someone does for you. Noticing. Not talking sarcastically or in a derisive manner. Not swearing at a person. Not rolling your eyes, huffing and puffing, being dismissive. See, we need to be healthy adults that put words to those feelings versus the inappropriate expression of negative feelings. And I, I, I have to work at it myself. I'm quite a dramatic person. Everything kind of shows on me. But I have to be careful about my body language because I want to make sure I'm still being polite. I'm still being decent, even if the other isn't. So that's respecting God's creation. So I can respect all people, even if I don't respect what they do. I can still respect them because of the depth that God has gone to be with them and how much God loves them. So I can respect that just like I can respect people that I'm best friends with, my husband, whoever, and the relationships that they have that I may not like. So if that's their family, I still respect their family, even if I don't approve or like them. I don't have to necessarily respect the behavior to respect the person, that the person is still of value, even if they're not acting like it. So this is a must. And we want to have expectations on ourselves. What's the expectation that you have on yourself? Are you doing your side of the relationship? Are you growing? Are you maturing? Are you using your voice to ask for what you need, to express your feelings appropriately and not expecting the other person to read your mind or to pick up on those subtle cues? Are you doing your side of the relationship? 
And as we're coming up to a break here in a minute, we're going to end with one of these. We still have a couple more to go. But that's expecting to have hard times, confusing times, times of doubt. But that you're not depending on this person for your peace, your ultimate security, or for them to be your God. That we're expecting hardship because we're with a mistake-making person. So they either bring hardship to my life, confusion, insecurity, or I bring it to theirs. So we want to be adult enough to expect these things and not be shocked and surprised. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we finish up what appropriate expectations in relationships are all about. See you on the other side. Well, welcome back. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So I always want to remind you, if you're just tuning in, that you can listen to these shows on the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And we are also working very hard on getting podcasts organized so you can listen to them on your smartphone if you want to do a podcast. So make sure you look forward to those. And thank you so much for listening and being a part of this community that we are really striving to be our own best version, what God has really, truly designed us to be. So you will see this in relationships. When I'm being my best, the relationship flourishes. Now, it's unrealistic to expect me to be my best every moment of every day, but that is the goal, that I'm just doing the moment that I'm in, and I'm trying to do the moment I'm in the best that I can. So we're talking about having appropriate expectations in relationship. In the last segment, we talked about keeping a confidence, not judging the person, being decent, being polite, respecting, having appropriate expectations on yourself, that you're doing your side of the relationship, that you're growing, you're changing, you're working on those things that God's wanting to perfect in you. And you're not pretending like they don't exist. You're owning what you need to work on. And you're humble enough to admit it. And so we, we left off with this expectation that we have to expect to have hard times, confusing times, times of doubt. When we doubt, why am I in this relationship? What am I doing with this person? What am I doing with this job? What am I doing with these children? We have to expect these things. And we have to be adult enough to have enough tolerance to not make snap decisions in the moment that we're going to regret, that we let time be on our side. I can't tell you how many times a day I say, humans need time. They take time. You can't just fix it in two minutes. You can't just spend two minutes a week with someone and think you're going to have intimacy. Humans take time. So also a very appropriate expectation is expect attempts at honesty. I don't want you to expect honesty all the time. Humans, they just are not, it's very difficult for humans to be honest. And God knows that. So God wants us to be living in a way that is doing everything I can to be honest in every moment that I'm in. And that does not mean brutally honest. That does not mean I express myself as a child would without filtering anything. But it means that I work really hard at being honest and not pretending. And so sometimes the most honest thing I can do is simply say nothing. 
instead of pretending like everything's great and, oh, we're getting along so well and everything's so wonderful, that I really just say, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to talk about it, but no, it's probably not great right now. Maybe we can change it. I hope we can change it. But I'm not ready to talk about it. So that gives me time to figure out how to talk about that thing that needs to be addressed. So I expect from people in my life honesty. Not perfect honesty, not brutal honesty, but that I can trust who I'm in relationship with. That when they hug me, when they tell me they love me, they mean it. It's true. And it isn't conditional. I want to make sure that they're honest in showing up on their side. That they're sharing things that are also honest for them. That's how we have intimacy. So when you're working on honesty, I want you to, to understand that the first place to start is being completely honest with God. Completely honest with God. It's not like he doesn't know. But he's so kind to let us pretend like he doesn't see things, right? That he doesn't hear my thoughts, that he doesn't know what my feelings are, that he doesn't see what I'm doing. But see, God is honest with us. And he wants us honest with him. The more honest I am with him, the more courage he gives me to be honest with myself and honest with others. So this is super important in any real relationship that we really attempt honesty all the time. So the next thing that we want to expect is we want to expect to help the other be the best they can be. I'm expecting they're helping me being the best I can be, and I'm going to expect, they need to expect I'm going to help them be the best they can be. That means that if I know certain things are really difficult or painful for the other, I might be careful about it. It may not bring out the best in them. That doesn't mean I'm not wanting them to grow and change, but that means things as simple as the difference between introversion and extroversion. If I know the person is an introvert, I'm going to be careful about my expectations. I'm not going to expect them to be an extrovert and get disappointed and put them in situations that are really uncomfortable for them that cause them to have to work really hard to be who they're supposed to be. So I'm going to make sure I help people be the best they can be by not bringing a bunch of complication and clutter to the relationship. I'm going to work on my side of the street which really helps them be better, if they so choose to be. So expect to be challenged. Expect to be uncomfortable as you examine yourself, your motivations, your control issues, and, and your woundedness. And expect to apologize. Expect these things. This is what it means to be in relationship with human beings. So expect to be challenged. Expect it to be uncomfortable. And expect the need to examine yourself and your own heart and your own intentions and your own behaviors. And expect to pray a lot. See, a lot of us forget to do that. We think a lot. We think a lot about what we want and what we need and what we wish it was going to be like, what it could have, should have, would have been, you know, if only we did it this way. But sometimes we forget that why don't we turn those thoughts into prayers? Why don't we think those thoughts and needs and hurts and worries? Why don't we think about those things 
toward God. Why don't we say, God, this is what I'm worried about. This is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm thinking. This is what I want. This is what I'm scared of. This is what I don't want to do. This is what I think you're asking me to do. And this is what I don't want to do. So I'm going to be honest with God. Because the more I'm honest with him, it helps me actually be honest with myself. Because if I don't hide from God, it's pretty hard to hide from myself if I'm not hiding from God. So I expect to pray a lot for the other person. Pray that they pray for me as well. Pray for all the relationships that I have so that I bring the best to any moment I have with another human. And that I'm hoping that I help them be better because they interacted with me. And so the last expectation we're going to talk about is we, we really come up to the end of the hour is expect to ask for and to give mercy and grace in abundance. Wow, does mercy and grace go a long way. Forgiveness. This goes really far in relationships. So you just give them a little grace, a little mercy. You know, it's tough. We're all struggling. We're all having a hard time. And we are not walking in that person's shoes. We don't know what they're going through. And so we want to give them grace. We want to give them lots of mercy. That's what our Lord does for us so well and so beautifully. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. We have another half hour to go. Make sure you join me on the other side. And if you can't, check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and happy Sunday afternoon to you. And I am praying that you are going to have a great and a blessed week. So we've been talking about appropriate expectations in relationships. In the first half hour, we really talked at length about 10 appropriate expectations. And the first one is the ability to keep a confidence. The second is the commitment to not judge the person, but to trust a process with God. I need to expect that from the other and expect that from myself. I need to expect decency and politeness from myself because this indicates respect, and this is a must. And what, I'm, what, I, what else I'm expecting of myself, I need to expect to do my side of the relationship well, that I'm growing I'm maturing, that I'm using my voice to ask for what I need. I don't just assume you know. I express my feelings appropriately. I'm expecting that of myself. And I'm expecting the other to not have to read my mind because I expect myself to use my own voice. And I don't expect the other to pick up on subtle cues because I'm willing to express myself appropriately. So I also am going to expect to have hard times, confusing times, times of doubt, because I'm not depending on the other person for peace, for my ultimate security, or for them to be my God. That helps me when the hard times come that I'm not shocked and surprised. And I'm going to expect attempts at honesty from the other and from myself, knowing how painful and scary and difficult being honest is. So the better 
I work on the climate of my relationship, the more honesty I'm going to have and the more courage I'm going to have to be honest myself. And I'm going to expect that being in relationship means I'm going to help the other be the best they can be. I'm going to set them up for success. I'm not going to make it difficult for them to be in relationship with me and to work really hard at being a decent person. I'm going to expect to be challenged and to be uncomfortable with the other person's process as well as me needing to examine myself and my own motivations and my own control issues and my own woundedness. And I'm going to expect to apologize. I'm going to expect that I need to do that. And that's going to come about in my relationships. And I'm going to expect to pray a lot. And the last one, which is so beautiful and so powerful, I'm going to expect to ask for and to give a lot of mercy and grace. So we're going to really talk this next part of the hour about the difference between a healthy or an unhealthy relationship and how to know where your relationship is at. Because you have to understand that healthy relationships don't mean perfect relationships. Healthy relationships are life-giving, not draining. So when we're looking at whether or not you have a healthy relationship, I like this. This came from, I found a site called Real Simple. And they had quite a few different things that they talked about, different authors that posted and blogs that posted. And so I kind of added some of this to what I've already written about relationships. And I liked the take that this particular author had. His, his name is Devon Cornell. And, and so, he, you know, I really enjoyed how this person expressed this. So there's a few things that really help to strengthen the union of a relationship. And we're going to talk about those things really at length in the next hour. So what I want you to ask yourself is, if I were to gauge how healthy or unhealthy my relationship is, what might I say? What might my partner say? My coworker, my friend, my best friend, my mom, my dad, my siblings, my neighbors, whatever level of intimacy you have in these varying relationships, ask yourself, how healthy are they? And instead of just looking at the other person as to, well, that person's not very healthy, so maybe it's not that healthy. I want you to look at what is my side of the street like? How healthy am I in that relationship? What am I committed to bringing to that relationship, even if they don't respond to it, even if it doesn't change them, even if they continue to act poorly? Because remember, I'm not going to stand before that person when I'm, when, after I die, I'm going to stand before God. He's going to talk to me about what I did, not the other person. So I always want to go into every relationship, every interaction to the best of my ability, managing my side and not giving myself permission to devolve into really unhealthy behaviors because they are, because they introduce it. So I guess that gives me permission to be a bad version of myself as well. No, that's what we're going to resist. So healthy relationships start with you and what you bring. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next hour as we talk about signs that help us know the level of health.
Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm your host, and I'm so thankful that you're with me today. If you're just tuning in, you can listen to the show in its entirety on the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Just how it's, it's spelled the way it sounds. So we're talking about healthy versus unhealthy relationships. In the first half hour, we talked about appropriate expectations. So what would a healthy relationship look like? What might be some of the things that I would be doing if it was healthy? Well, one, I would speak my mind. See, healthy couples can express themselves freely and honestly. Now, remember, the expectation that we talked about was that we're still polite and decent, that we don't just word vomit onto somebody, that we really try to be honest, speak freely and openly and decently. So it means that there's no topic that's off limits because you both need to feel heard. So if there are topics that you just go, I, we kind of walk around that one. We don't really want to address that one. That would be kind of a red flag. You would want to say, okay, what's going on with us? Do we not have the skills to navigate through a difficult conversation? Are we too afraid of hurting each other's feelings? Does somebody need to change and they don't want to change? What might be some of the reasons why I can't speak as openly about something as I need to? Because you see, constant communication is vital to building a lasting life together. So what's another indicator of a very healthy relationship? Well, you have your own space. See, just because you love the person, you're committed to the person, doesn't mean you have to spend every moment together with them. That healthy couples really have outside interests. Some they share together, some are unique to the individual. And each of that part of the couple gives really room for the other person to enjoy what might be fulfilling for them. So it doesn't mean we have to have all the same pursuits, all the same hobbies, all the same likes. It means that we share some in common and some are not common to both of us. But we enjoy how much the other person likes whatever it is that is not common to us both. And this is how we grow as individuals. This is how a relationship expands and strengthens. That there's enough room for each person to be completely who they are. So they don't have to be one way with you and then go outside the relationship to be another way. Because whatever it is, is not accepted within the relationship. So think about that, having your own space and being allowed to take time to get some space without the other not feeling like the relationship is in jeopardy or not feeling like their feelings are getting hurt or they're being rejected. What's another indication that you probably have a healthy relationship? Well, you fight. Yeah, disagreements are normal. Think about God. He's he, all through the Bible, he's fighting with humans. <laughs> he's, talking, he's saying to them, come, let us reason together. Let's talk about this. And he's not always happy with all the humans that he has made. But he still loves them, and he talks with them. And he knows there's a disagreement. He had a huge disagreement with Jonah. Think of how big that disagreement was. Had a huge fight with Israel and ended up divorcing her and making up with her. But one of the reasons he did that was to save actually, the relationship. 
So think about the need to have healthy and productive disagreements or fighting fights. So it means that we avoid name-calling. We don't put people down. We don't get sarcastic. We don't yell at someone. We may raise our voice, but we're careful to not raise it on them and at them. And that we give the other person time to express themselves, even when we have so much to say. So are we competing when we're having a disagreement? Are we refusing to be wrong? Are we refusing to apologize? Those are hallmarks of an unhealthy relationship. So healthy relationships hang in there when they have a disagreement, even if they choose to disagree. They've worked it through to the point that they have peace, they have understanding, they both feel heard, they both feel valued, and they can move forward without harboring resentments. So another really important part of a healthy relationship is that you like yourself and you like your partner. I can't tell you how many clients I work with where people like, you know, they love someone, but they don't necessarily like them. And being likable has a lot to do with how I handle myself. I frequently say to clients, well, if you want to be liked, be likable. Be likable. See, we learned this in elementary school. What makes us likable as people? Not necessarily having the same opinion, but how we treat people. How easygoing we are. How resilient we are. How flexible we are. That doesn't mean we go against a value or a moral code. It means that we major in the majors, not in the minors. It means that we accept that some people are different than we are. That doesn't make it better or worse. So when I am at peace with myself, I am much better able to be at peace with others. So when I like me, doesn't mean I like everything I do. Doesn't mean I like everything I think. Doesn't mean I like everything I say. But if I have an affinity for myself, that means I'm committed to me. That means I'm loving the one that God loves. And when I do that, I bring that to the relationship. This is why it's so important that you work on liking your partner. Doesn't mean you have to like everything that maybe they like. But what are the things you like about them? Is it their laugh? The way they walk? Is it how silly they might be? Is it how they treat your your pets? How they treat the children? Do you like how they handle themselves in public? Do you like how they tell jokes? What is it that you like about them? And really focus on those things that you like. So that when you run up against something that you don't like, you have a lot more tolerance. Really healthy adult couples, they make decisions together. You don't have one person that calls all the shots and the other just has to go along. You don't have big power struggles where one has to win and one has to lose. What you do is you make decisions together. You listen to what each other feels, what's important to each other, what concerns each other has. And it means that you really take time, and this transforms a relationship. So maybe you do things like, hey, Tonight we'll do what you want. We'll go to the restaurant you want to go to. And I'm going to enjoy myself even though it's not my favorite restaurant. I'm going to enjoy myself because you like it. So it's fun for me to see you enjoy something. And maybe the next night we're going to do what I like. And you're going to enjoy watching me like something so much. 
this is what adults do. It doesn't have to be that we like all the same things. But why wouldn't we simply be happy to enjoy seeing someone we love like something and really get something out of it? Because adults, we can do anything for, for a period of time. You know, it doesn't mean if my husband likes a certain type of movie that I'm going to watch them every single time. And it doesn't mean that he's going to come watch every show or movie that I like. We can have some we share and some that we go, wow, this is interesting. Tell me why you like this. And it becomes more of a discovery and appreciation of the differences versus making the relationship space so small that the only way we can truly feel close is if we're the same. And we've talked on the show about this in, in, um, at length, that little children need to be the same to feel close. This is why they want to dress like their parents. They mimic their parents. They want to talk like their parents because they want to be the same. So then what happens, they grow up. And in junior high and high school, they want to be different than their parents, but the same as their peers because that feels safe and that feels close. Well, the adult level of intimacy means we can be very close and not the same. This is how God has a relationship with so many people that he may not be like all the time. So we can really like someone and want to be with them and be very close to them and still not be the same on everything. So this helps us find a balance. Healthy adult relationships have balance. That means understanding that sometimes one person works really long hours. You might play the chauffeur and you might be the cook. You may have to, wow, devote yourself to, to a, an elderly parent and your spouse or partner picks up the slack. That's life. Because what happens is you're working together, making a life together happen versus the either or and keeping score. And feeling put out because you have to do things that you might not like to do or that are harder for you. That we look at the big picture. What's really happening? Are we having good balance? So if I have to take care of an elderly parent, do I have good balance? Am I doing the either or? Where I'm doing all for that parent and nothing for my family and letting my spouse take care of the family in its entirety? Well, that would not be healthy balance. So that takes a lot of conversation between the two adults to say, how do we do our life with balance together? Another hallmark of a very healthy relationship is kindness. We left off with, with expectations, and I said, expect mercy and grace to give mercy, grace, and kindness. See, kindness goes a long way. Kindness and sympathy go a long way with humans. So one of the hallmarks of a healthy adult relationship is how kind I am to my spouse, my partner, my children. How kind I am to my friends. Because Jesus is kind to us. And it's not because it's deserved. It's because he knows humans need kindness. Kindness is a salve on the wound. Kindness gives us energy. Kindness helps us reconnect and recommit and try again. So kindness goes a long way. I can be kind to somebody and in a very extreme disagreement with what they've done. I can still hate what they did and be kind at the same time. This is what adults do. They can do contradictory things. 
not contradicting a value system or moral code, but having contradictory feelings that says, you know, I just hate what you do, but I'm not going to be mean to you. I'm not going to punish you. I'm going to be kind. Because kindness doesn't necessarily mean acceptance that we're going to live that way. Kindness means this gives us a chance to figure out how to problem solve because we both calmed down. Because kindness brings peace. And that's imperative when we have a really big, difficult issue that has to be addressed. So when we practice kindness, guess what? It helps us trust each other. And trust is paramount for healthy adult relationships. See, being a trustworthy person doesn't mean I'm perfect. doesn't mean I always do everything right. But it means that the person in relationship with me can trust that I'm taking care of my side of the street. And if I mess up, I'm not going to pretend like I didn't. I'm not going to blame the other person. And I'm going to work as hard as I can to fix it. They trust that about me. So the trust isn't that I'm perfect. Like we trust God because he's perfect. But even then, we sometimes struggle with trust, even with God. So the more grace, mercy, kindness, right? Fairness in many ways, even though fairness is tough, hope that I bring to the relationship, the more trust we are going to have. So join me in the last segment as we talk about all of the things that we are doing. We're going to do this next week. We're ending today, and I'm so glad you joined me. Have a great week. We're going to talk next week about unhealthy and healthy relationships. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah,